Hey everybody, welcome to Yubcast, your Star Wars cartoon podcast. My name's Jamie, and I'm part of the Rebel Alliance and a traitor. And my name is Matt, and I can bring you in warm or I can bring you in cold. Nice. Alright, so we should probably just get right into it. Um, so we've been talking about relaunching the show and with the release of the Star Wars Holiday Special, Lego version, we thought it would be a good opportunity to do that. Yeah. Uh, so Jamie and I agreed to watch the Lego Holiday Special and review it and relaunch the podcast. Because um, if you recall, Jamie, we, we launched the podcast about three years ago and our first episode was the... Uh, uh, Mandal- yeah. Yeah, the the cartoon in the holiday mm-hmm. special. The yeah. holiday special. The Incredible Hulk will not be presented this evening. It's fate, I, I guess. So, um, I guess you want to get you want to get started. This thing got a lot of press, in at least in the Star Wars press, as being a big deal, and all of the old stars of the holiday special from the '70s weighed in, saying that this was a stupid idea that they shouldn't re-release it. Um, Anthony Daniels said something like, it's like getting cancer twice. (laughs) So uh, we decided to do that, but we haven't checked in in a while. So I guess we could ask each other if we've done any Star Wars lately. Um, Yeah, I've uh, been watching uh, The Mandalorian, like with everybody else. My daughter is Baby Yoda crazy. And... um, I, every now and then I periodically will watch a, a little bit of a movie or an episode or something when I think about it. It's the one nice thing about Disney Plus is that I can just go just watch parts that I want. And um, I'm actually sending you a bunch of stuff. Uh, my son has kind of grown out of the, some of his Star Wars stuff, so figured I'd send it to a good home where they, it would be loved. So expect that sometime in the next year. <laughs> yeah, we're on a pandemic time clock, right? So everything takes a year. Yeah, I, I was actually going to send everything in that box you gave me because you, you gave me that 3D printer, and then I went to the post office, and they're like, "It's going to be sixty bucks," and I'm like, "The stuff in here is not worth sixty bucks." <laughs> so I brought it home. And I'm just going to pe- piece it out, like send you a few lightsabers at a time and uh, an X-wing or so every now and then. <laughs> nice. Well, I've been trying to keep up with Star Wars during the pandemic. I've been very busy, but um, I'm currently listening to the second from a certain point of view for the 40th anniversary of Empire. And I got to your favorite author today, and he did not he did not disappoint. I hate his story. Um, actually, cannot figure out what is going on in it. Um, who's your favorite author, Jamie? Uh, it's Daniel. Something on that. The guy who wrote Last Shot. Daniel Jose Older. Yeah. Yeah, he's so, he's he's not good. At um he's got like some clever ideas, but he's not great. And did did he narrate one of them? Because he narrated uh one of the one in the first one. And he might be narrating this one. See um yeah, he's just—he's not a good narrator, and he's not a good writer. I don't—I don't know why he's 
why he gets Star Wars uh, stuff. I'm sure there's plenty of other writers out there who would love to, you know, write a canon Star Wars story. He must have, like, compromising photos of somebody. Yeah, it's possible. I would say so far the book is pretty hit or miss. Some of the stories are really, really good. Some of them are not good at all, or not. there's no point to them, I should say. Um, yeah, that was my problem with the first one. Like, it, it started off really strong, though. The story with Obi-Wan talking to Qui-Gon, I thought that was great. Uh, and the one about the R2, um, R2-D2, eh, I don't know, uh, the Jawas, that was great. The Sand People was great. And then it just descended into Klugelhorn madness. And I was just like, I'm I'm out. And then I, I returned it. Yeah, this one's about the same. There are really good stories. There's a really interesting story about Bosk. Um, the Trandoshan bounty hunter. There's a really good story about the vision Palpatine has where he sees Luke killing him. Luke as a Sith killing him. And he finds out that Luke is Darth Vader's son in the vision. Those things are really fascinating. The rest of it is take it or leave it. It's, some of it's good writing, but none of it matters. If you want to... there. Were, 20 stories about Tauntauns, um, both from the Tauntauns' point of view and from the people who had to wipe the shit off the walls. So there, there is, there is that big spray of Tauntaun shit when Han goes to get a Tauntaun to rescue Luke. Yeah, it's covered. Oh, it is. Thank goodness. <laughs> I can sleep at night. All right, so. Do you want to review? Do you want to run down the review? Our review of the Star Wars Lego Holiday Special. Yeah, um, it was on par for Lego cartoon stuff as far as Star Wars, DC, Marvel, but it was pretty bad in my opinion. Yeah, I'll I'll start by saying it's on par for Star Wars holiday specials. <laughs> um, they're really two for two here. Uh, it's a mess, and it's it's got that Lego humor that really has only worked for me in Lego Batman. Um, but I I just don't know. Yeah, we talked about this before. I don't know why they made such a big deal out of it because they crank these things out all the time for, you know, for Star Wars, um, Marvel, Batman, you know, whatever. You know, so it's like not a big deal. I don't know um, why it was like, you should pay attention to this one. Because it was... uh, I mean, it, I mean, I think, I think my kids liked it because they they watch tons of like Lego stuff, and they're not super critical about what they like. But it, even even like it, it okay, Lego Movie is a completely league of its own. We shouldn't, you know, maybe that set the bar too high. But this is just like the, you know, straight you know straight to streaming, you know, Lego stuff that it's just it's really not. It's not very good. I mean, even like some of the Lego humor wasn't that great. Yeah, there wasn't Lego humor in it. I mean, Lego movie's great. Lego Batman's good. 
there's there's next to no Lego humor in this thing at all. It's like a Lego short that lasts 15 minutes. Yeah, like the Freemaker uh, adventures, those were fun. This was not. All right, so do you want to, should we walk through the plot so people know what we're sure. talking about? I'll I'll walk through the plot and then... The plot. I'm the plot. Using, using air quotes. Yeah, there there is a plot. Um, there's a story, but it. I'm gonna. I'll do. I'll walk through the summary. You feel free to break in at any point you want. So much like the first holiday special, um, this one's about Life Day, which is the fictional in-universe holiday celebrated on Kashyyyk or Kazook, um, by the Wookies, where they celebrate the tree. There's a reference to this holiday in the first episode of The Mandalorian when the Mithril. Uh, right before he gets frozen in carbonite, says he was hoping to get home for Life Day this year. Yeah, I was hoping to be free for uh, Life Day. So this is a thing that's referenced time and time again in Star Wars, but it's referenced here in, in our, our crew from the sequel trilogy goes to Kashyyyk to celebrate Life Day with Chewbacca's family. And the first thing that surprised me was that this is taking place after the rise of Skywalker. So this might be the first piece of Star Wars that takes place after episode nine. Um, I don't know what you expected. I, I, I figured it was going to be after. So and I don't, I don't know why I didn't think it would it really surprise me. Cause I, 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 I knew it was going to be silly and a joke. So I figured why not? Yeah, that's a good point. Um, so the whole thing opens up with Ray and Finn on the Millennium Falcon, and she's training Finn to be a Jedi, much in the same way as the training scene on the Millennium Falcon between Luke and Obi-Wan in A New Hope. Yeah, I did not care for this one bit. Not because I wouldn't mind exploring that, but... I think they pretty. I think they pretty much made it obvious that Finn is not. Uh, he's not force sensitive. He's just a. He's just a fighter, and a, kind of a follower too. But that um, if this had come out like right around the time Episode Seven came out, they'd be like, "Ooh, yeah, you know, maybe Finn is." But they've pretty much like moved him away from that track because, you know, at the beginning we didn't know if it was Ray or Finn or both of them. So, yeah, I didn't care for that. But sorry, please continue. No, I didn't care for it either. It was it was hacky and it didn't make any sense and I didn't know what was going on. It was just hard. So she's getting frustrated with um, training Finn. So she decides to go meditate on the Jedi texts. And she finds a passage in a book that tells her that on life day if you go to a planet called Kordoku you can a Jedi can see their future or see their path so she decides that she's going to go to this planet to undergo this ritual since it is life day um, so she gets in her X-Wing with BB-8 and flies off to this planet 
And when she gets there, they find a key. It sort of looks like an ice cream cone with a bunch of gems in it. And through some comedy, they accidentally open a portal. And Ray and BB-8 jump through the portal, which allows them to travel through time. They just hit uh, like a, lo- a lot of the uh, kind of like the highlights of the. Uh, I think it was just the original and the prequels. I don't think that there was anything from the sequel trilogy in there. Yeah, they they eventually go to a sequel trilogy scene, but we're gonna walk through scene by scene real quick. Right. But I wanted to let you. I wanted to let you state what was the one thing that you and I have frequently said would ruin Star Wars. Time travel. Time travel. So fuck this whole show and the entire premise of the show ruins Star Wars. Mm-hmm. But let's go through the first little little sequence of jumps that she does. First, she goes to Dagobah during Empire Strikes Back when Luke is training with Yoda. I'm not going to go over what goes on there because it's mostly a satirical retelling of those plots from an outsider's point of view. Um, and then they jump from Dagobah to the Trade Federation ship at the beginning of Phantom Menace, where Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon are sitting there waiting to be killed by the Trade Federation. She doesn't stay there long. She immediately jumps to a scene in the Attack of the Clones, where Obi-Wan and Anakin are riding on the elevator to go see Padme for the first time. And then finally, she jumps into Luke's X-Wing cockpit at the Battle of Yavin during the trench run, and watches him blow up to Death Star. That's the first jump to introduce us to the concept of what's going to happen during this show. All right. Any thoughts on the first chunk of time travel? I didn't think it was terrible at first. You know, just uh, seeing, you know, the the little uh, little bits here and there. I thought it was I thought it was okay. You know, it it, it hadn't uh, jumped the shark or just maybe just, you know, uh, just start looking on my phone, which I eventually started. But um, it, it, it wasn't bad. It wasn't, you know, I was willing to accept that this is Lego. They're going to do, they're going to be kind of bananas and silly. All right. I mean, that's, that's generous to Lego. Um, at this point, I was wondering what the rules were for time travel, because in the first two locations Dagobah and the Trade Federation ship she's not noticed by the people conducting the plot um, but in the last two she is that is true that uh, somehow Obi-Wan and Anakin can detect her in BB-8 but yet Yoda couldn't or Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan couldn't I don't know Right. maybe getting and a little too the- hypercritical on <laughs> Well, I'm gonna. And in the X-wing, she's sitting on his lap, right? So it's hard to hard to miss that. Um, so while this is, while the overall plot of this is her jumping through time to watch the movies, um, there is a there is a B plot, and that is um, Poe, Rose, Chewie, and Finn setting up the life day party for Chewie's family. Um, so we keep cutting back to. Kashyyyk, where Poe is burning the kipyip, which is turkey, and the tree falls over, and hilarity ensues. Yeah, Poe uh, po Dameron's pretty much uh, Clark Griswold 
I, I guess just come, you know. Good call. <laughs> wants to, you know, wants to be uh, super, you know, like wants to make it a super great holiday, but you know, all sorts of hijinks happen. Yeah, they're really cha- they're really channeling Christmas Vacation there. So we, we cut away from the party and go back to Ray, where she's back in the temple on that planet in her modern time, and she's she tells BB-8 that she's going to go back in because she's learning so much watching Jedi and apprentices interact, and Padawans and Jedi interact, that she really wants to learn more so she can help Finn. And so she even drops the I've got a good feeling about this opposite turn of phrase and then goes back into the portal one more time, but this time she goes to Palpatine's throne room during Return of the Jedi at the Battle of Endor. This is another instance of her being noticed by the characters at the time. Um, so Palpatine and Vader see the portal, and Palpatine wants the power to be able to travel through time, so he kicks Vader through the portal to follow her. Right. And can, um, I, you had it written in your uh, summary. We've uh, I've got to mention that they had the obligatory Batu reference. I put that in the summary for you <laughs> because because you keep you've pointed it out multiple times that everything post Disney needs to reference the Disneyland um, world of Batu. Yeah. So I I put that in specifically for you, and thanks for <laughs> reaching down and grabbing it. <laughs> You're welcome, I guess. <laughs> so now, so now in the movie, or now in the holiday special, Vader is in the future with Rey, back in Rey's contemporary time, post the Battle of Exegol, uh, in the temple, and Vader and Rey fight. Um, so we get a little bit of a Lego force battle here, which I actually mostly enjoyed. Um, but we're not going to stay there. Because there's a Christmas party, I mean a life day party being planned by Poe. Mm-hmm. So now we go back to the party where Chewbacca's family shows up. That's his kid, Lumpy, his wife, Mala, and his father-in-law, probably a Trump-supporting racist. <laughs> Jesus. I mean, all, I, I meant to say all Wookiees matter. Yeah. Um. <laughs> the, the Sith won the Battle of Exegol. Very fine people on both sides. Because <laughs> the, the resistance cheated. But the point, what's going on now with the party is that the Wookiee family is bored. They're trying to eat the porgs. And Rose and Finn decide to call in reinforcements, whatever that means. Um, we can't spend too long at the party because we got to get back to Vader and Ray. So Vader and Ray are still fighting, and they get in a forced tug of war over this wand that Vader doesn't quite know how it works, but apparently it doesn't take much to get this wand to activate. Yeah, um, just, it just spins, apparently. That's all you need. I, if you turn it a little bit, it opens a portal, right? And so it spins while they're pulling on it, and Vader and Ray jump through a portal, um, fighting. So now we're back to another sequence of jumps. 
Uh, and as you can see in the thing, I wrote it all out of the order they go in. So you might as well just walk down. Um, the first place they end up is Hoth during the Battle of Hoth. And there's a nice Vader meets Vader, Back to the Future, I'm, uh, I'm Young, Your Old, Jennifer scene, where they fight each other. Um, but eventually, like all people, when they meet themselves in the past, they just try to have sex with each other. <laughs> um, so at the end of that, the another portal opens up, and Vader and Ray and some snowtroopers that were with the Vader in the past fall through the portal and end up on Mustafar during the Anakin and Obi-Wan duel at the end of Revenge of the Sith. And this is going to start happening now, where... Every time in this second sequence, when Vader and Rey open a portal, they're going to take somebody from one of these scenes with them, until there's like, until there's like a mishmash bag of toys at the end from a bunch of different Lego sets all shoved together. Yeah, the when they're on Mustafar, I was they they really missed an opportunity for like some possible comedy or to have like Vader like. Because uh, Anakin, Anakin and uh, Obi Wan are fighting, and and Ray and Vader are fighting, and they could have just had briefly like, like Vader look over and been like, ooh, or something like that, because like because knowing what's about to happen. Uh, I would have really enjoyed that, um, but we're on Mustafar for all of like twenty seconds, right? This this is almost smash cutting between these these things because the next place we end up and um, Obi-Wan and Anakin fall through the portal um, this time with everybody who has already come with them so all the snowtroopers now they're on Navarro um, during one of Din Djarin's fights with the stormtroopers and Baby Yoda's there and you get a Baby Yoda look to camera cooing and everyone's and everyone's saying oh how cute yeah, right. I think it was supposed to be the the last episode of the first season because uh, IG-11 was there. I believe you. <laughs> Not to be technical or anything. That's what we're here for. <laughs> so the portal opens up again. Some stormtroopers fall through, but not the Mandalorian for some reason. Um, so we're, we're still get, gathering more people, and we end up on the Boonta Eve classic and the Phantom Menace, where... Ray and Darth Vader are now fighting on a pod racer, and the portal opens up because they drop the wand. It gets caught in those energy couplers. It spins around, opens a portal, and the entire pod racer goes through. So they end up on a planet during the Clone Wars being chased by clone troopers on speeders, but then another portal opens, and everybody, the clone troopers on speeders, the pod racer, Anakin and Obi-Wan, all the stormtroopers and snowtroopers, blah, 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 blah. Everyone falls through and ends up on Exegol during the Battle of Exegol during the, the Rise of Skywalker. Now, it, the switches become too fast to tell where they're going. They just keep falling through multiple scenes and end up with everyone else on Tatooine at the twin sun setting at, and during A New Hope. Old and young Solo, Greedo, Anakin, different stormtroopers, three different Obi-Wans, Ray and Vader confront teenage farm boy Luke, who has no clue what's going on. Somehow Luke ends up with the key, and Vader, Ray, and Luke fall back into the temple in the future where Ray started. 
leaving everybody else on Tatooine. Um, Vader still wants the key for Palpatine, so he smashes BB-8, takes the key, disappears into a portal, leaving Rey, Farmhand Luke, and a broken BB-8 in the future. Vader returns to Palpatine with the key at Endor, and um, Palpatine decides to go 30 years into the future with the key to see how well he did achieving his goals of living forever. And when he gets there, he meets the shirtless Kylo Ren. And this is sort of where the jumping stops, and so let's take a breath and discuss. Uh, so far, not thrilled, but... You know, I the I think about it like... In themselves, they're not terrible, but put everything together, and like if they'd have just cut out the Life Day stuff... I think I probably might have enjoyed it more. If it was a story about Ray jumping through time? Uh, yeah, or her trying to, you know, learn about, um, you know, just learn how to be a teacher. You know, and her yeah. you know, having a having a Wizard of Oz kind of moment. or. Yeah, that might have been fun. Might have been fun. So let's return to Kylo Ren. So Kylo Ren is excited to see Vader because he's obsessed with Vader. And Kylo Ren decides to fill Vader and Palpatine in on the future, or the future to them. So he tells them that Palpatine is killed at the Battle of Endor. Back at the temple, Luke helps Rey reassemble BB-8, even though he still doesn't have a clue what's going on because this is teenage farm boy Luke. Um, Back in... Kylo Ren day, Palpatine also learns that Vader betrayed him and is the one that kills him. And so Palpatine decides to swap out Kylo for Vader as his new apprentice, which I thought was interesting. I sort of like this plot, as it were. Yeah. The fact that they, uh, they showed, um, he asked, like you, uh, Palpatine asked Kylo that this was one of the more clever things and it was like he he asked like you'd never betray your master would you and then they flashed to uh the scene the last jedi where he betrays snoke and cuts him in half and he's yeah, like oh yeah i did enjoy that a lot he said like you wouldn't throw me down a you wouldn't throw your master down a reactor shaft and he says down a shaft no <laughs> um so palpatine and kylo ren and vader go back in time together so now they're going back to the Battle of Endor. Um, so all of that plot's happening, but we have to check in on the party. It's been a while. Uh, so Rose and Finn called in reinforcements, and reinforcements apparently is Max Rebo and Lando to get this party started. Um, but a, basically a bunch of Star Wars toys start showing up. Jawas, Zori... God, I, I, Zori. I, just, I don't like Zori. Just a use, I didn't like use, any of this. Yeah, I just don't like the character. Um, <laughs> just, just it was just a lame character. But uh, well, she shows up to cook, so she gets a job. Get back into the kitchen, Zori. Yeah, that's uh, basically what he says to her, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, good, you're here to cook Kip Yip or Yip Kip or whatever it was called. Yeah, there was. But, there was Jawas of different colors. Now I can't remember 
if that was like something from the Freemakers or something else where the Jawas had, uh, or that they were like in gray robes instead of brown. That's Mandalorian. It is? Yeah. The, the, the Lando even calls them off-world Jawas. Huh. Yeah, okay, well, Jawas now I... and... okay, I'm going to have to watch, I'm going to have to watch the second episode again. Yeah. So th- those are definitely Mandalorian Jawas, but good catch. Um, so then Finn does something even worse than being at a party. Um, he decides to sing um, Jingle Bells and Hut Tees. I, so the first time I tried to watch this, it took a few attempts. When I got to this part, I just turned it off. <laughs> I couldn't stand it. Like I was like, how much worse could this get? And it's like... I don't know. It, yeah. it's jingle bells with gibberish language, and then Rose joins in. I, yeah. I think Rose is a fine character. This is an anti-Rose shit. This is just how stupid could this thing get? <laughs> and the answer is pretty. Yeah, I was um, I was annoyed that they um, yeah, you know, just in general, yeah. I I think this is one of those times where I, I started looking down at my phone and, you know, uh, looking through Reddit. Um, but my kid, you know, my kids were watching, so it was family time. So I just kind of, uh, you know, just kind of stuck it out until something more interesting happened. So something more interesting happening. We can go back to Palpatine, where Palpatine convinces Kylo that he should kill Luke and Vader when they come back from. Endor, because Palpatine has once again dispatched Vader to Endor to go get Luke, even though that's the plot that led to Palpatine's death. Um, Ray, still in the temple, is stranded there without the wand, but Yoda's Force Ghost shows up and goes full ghost of Life Day present mm-hmm. on Ray. Oh, yeah. And completely, it's a wonderful life, sir. Yeah, or, you know, like, you know, you've had the power to go home all along, you know. It Did, did we mention that Yoda has been uh, narrating this? I did not mention that, but that is a good point, that Yoda is the on-camera, like, off-camera narrator of the whole story, right? And so mm-hmm. at the very beginning, he gives a nod to the original, saying that at one point, Luke and Han went to Life Day on Kashyyyk. And that's the only reference to the original holiday special. So now Force Ghost Yoda is going to show Rey the error of her ways. So he takes her Ghost of Christmas present, Life Day present, back to the party, um, back to right before the party where Rey sees Finn praising her but Ray sees herself being obsessed with the books and not obsessed with teaching, making Finn a good Jedi. And Yoda shows her that what really matters is how we treat each other. And yeah, it's the old, uh, you know, the the real reward is the friends you made along the way. Exactly, right. And it's the it's the this treasure chest is filled with books <laughs> moment. <laughs> So she goes back to the temple.
temple with she's no longer with force ghost yoda she's talking with farm boy luke and realizes that she can basically make her own portal with the gems in the wall of the temple um seems like a logical leap to me but anything to move the plot along because it's more plot we cover the faster this is over um so she makes a portal and transports herself to um the battle of endor where they fight kylo palpatine and vader it's like this whole who's on whose side like four-way fight because vader knows that palpatine was trying to kill him that ray's trying to kill him that return of the jedi luke is trying to kill him a new hope Luke is confused what's going on, just like me. Um, he's really the stand in for the audience, I think, at this point. Yeah. Everyone's like, What's going on? He's got a carton of blue milk and he's constantly. I don't know, I thought it was supposed to be funny. Or I think it was supposed to be funny, but it's really not. Yeah, I, I thought it'd be funnier if it was like green milk <laughs> from, from that beast on The Last Jedi. Oh, yeah. It was blue milk. So the fight ensues. Palpatine basically destroys everybody, um, but he gets in a force tug of war for the wand between Rey and Palpatine and Return of the Jedi Luke. But Rey and Luke let go, and the wand basically flies up and hits Palpatine in the face. Um, so I'm glad this was resolved through slapstick. Yeah. So at this point, Vader picks up Palpatine and throws the reactor. Um, I, I, so it's the Return of the Jedi scene with the lightning going everywhere. Yeah, I did like that they used um, how they, they used the like the Lego skeletons when they had the, the Force lightning going on Vader. They had a Lego skeleton, like just like in the movie. I thought that was a pretty nice touch. I enjoyed the Lego skeleton. I enjoyed Vader throwing Palpatine into the reactor, and then. Vader's sort of uniform, his bodysuit, turns into an ugly Christmas sweater. <laughs> I didn't see what was on the sweater. I don't remember. Yeah. I... It's not important, or is it? It's not. <laughs> so the battle's won. Ray returns farm boy Luke to the farm. She returns all the people that were stranded on on tattooing back to their right time periods and then she gets back to the temple um we go back to kashik during the party the party's happening everyone's having a good time ray returns she makes up with finn and everybody has a good life day yeah the end the end there's some stuff about how friendship was the real treasure or whatever you said, that thing about friends along the way. They almost say that exact thing. Yeah. Did you, did you notice that like the, the very end Yoda, this shows Yoda, like, um, kind of saying the last words and he's dressed up like the snowman from Rudolph, the red nosed reindeer. Silver and gold, silver and gold. Everyone wishes for silver and gold. Pretty awesome. Which, that's a pretty, another pretty awful, uh, uh, I, I don't know if you call it a cartoon, but. Yeah, sure. It's stop motion animation, yeah. right? 
But, I mean, for what it is, I guess it's okay. But for some reason, I thought they were going to um, pay closer homage to the original. Yeah, I, th- I thought so too. Like it would be more of a, like, let's do it right this time. Instead of just kind of slapstick crap. Yeah, they could have they could have taken the setup for the first one and made it funny rather than like a mix of like terrifying softcore pornography. <laughs> yeah, I, I and I just don't know why they made such a big deal out of it. Um, maybe it's because the holiday special and everybody knows that, ooh, the holiday special is like a a bad thing that, you know, nobody's supposed to see. So they're, you'll, you'll, you know, you'll be able to see it. But I, it was just, it was just like any other, you know, crappy subpar, um, you know, streaming thing. I could have, you know, I could have gone my whole life not, not watching it and been like, huh, alrighty. I would say it's one of the worst things that we've watched on the show, for this show. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's, you know, even through the um, the lens of like, yeah, it's Lego stuff straight to, you know, straight to streaming. You know, it's not, you know, I wasn't expecting great things, but I wasn't expecting it to be kind of so, so awful. But, and so um, disconnected from the universe. It's just... From from the very jump, I was like, "Oh, so we're post everything," and I was like, "This might be interesting." Oh, she's a bad teacher. Oh, they're gonna time travel. Oh, this is just like a mess. Yeah, like the the Lego video games are a lot of fun because there's a lot of like the slapstick, but it's just short amounts of it where it's tolerable, and then you get back to the uh, to the game. Um, and that and that's true for pretty much every Lego game that I've played. But this was just like taking all those little cutscenes in the game and just stitching it all into like one, where it's just like it's not not fun. And it was nice that they were able to get like some of the um, like the voice actors. So like um, I think like uh, like you have like a uh, the voice actors from Clone Wars. You got like, uh, I, I don't know everybody's name. So that, like Matt Matt Lanter, is that how you, his name? He has Obi Wan's so. voice. Um, T D Baker. Um, I can't think of the guy, the other guy. T D Baker, I think he he, he does um, he does the clones. Um, and the guy who plays Obi Wan, and then but then um. They also use like Lego, the Lego um, Emperor from like the Lego um, from like the Freemaker Adventures, and then and then random actors, and then you do have like um, the and I think that actually was Kelly Marie Tran and uh, Billy D. Williams. Yeah, so the so the ones from the movies are Kelly Mat- Kelly Marie Tran as Rose. Anthony Daniels is C-3PO because he always gets to play C-3PO. And uh, Billy D. Williams was was Lando. Right. 
yeah, I can just imagine uh, Daisy Ridley or John Boyega or even um, uh, Oscar Isaac, you know, like their agent <laughs> tells them, you know, like, hey, they're doing this thing. And they're like, pass. <laughs> <laughs> like, hard pass. <laughs> yeah, so someone named Helen Sa- uh, Sadler played Ray. And um, she's done some Lego Star Wars in the past and some video game voiceovers. The cast was fine. I think the acting was fine. I don't think the I don't think the fault lies in the acting. I think it's the plot and the writing. Mm-hmm. Right. So, D. Bradley Baker was good as the clone troopers. I I love that voice. I think it's so good. Yeah. I I don't have any complaints about about Obi Wan Kenobi or. Anakin Skywalker or any anybody playing anyone like I thought I thought Finn's voice was off a little bit but it was fine because it's you don't need Finn to always sound the same in every format that's fine right. but everything else I think I, the whole the acting is fine like the voice acting is great the the delivery is fine I, I I think it's just bad writing and a bad story yeah yeah, it's sitting at six point seven on IMDb, which I think is being Wait. pretty pretty generous. I mean, that's probably higher than like the Rise of Skywalker is right now. <laughs> what is the Rise of Skywalker? Just just for the fun of it. Rise of Skywalker is at six point six, so point one <laughs> more. <laughs> what you're saying is I was right. Yes, in not so many words. Well. I'm sorry I had us do this, but um, it's not about. It doesn't always have to be good, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it just has to be Star Wars and animation. But you might have seen that I posted something on our Facebook page, Yubcast on Facebook. Um, it's a picture of Kitty Sackoff in her Mandalorian gear, and I ask, "Is Mandalorian now a cartoon?" I did not. That's okay. No one follows our Facebook page, not even. <laughs> but <laughs> we got to get on Parlor. That's where to be. It's. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, we know Chewie's dad. Chewie's father-in-law's on Parlor. <laughs> it's, well, only, it's only two hundred and fifty thousand. No big deal. This can sort of be our closing thought. I think. <laughs> um, do you think the inclusion of cartoon characters on the Mandalorian makes the Mandalorian part of the cartoon continuity of Clone Wars. Um, I've never really considered like, you know, them separate. I've always just thought of them all together. I've um, never thought of them separately. And so it's but it's just, it's nice when they stitch it together so that just because you, you know it's uh you know it's all canon but when you see things cross over it just kind of validates the existence of one thing yeah i'm when i'm in complete agreement there um i do consider them i do consider the different formats to be slightly separate only in as much as if you're a novel, you're far more likely to reference another novel character than if you're a TV show, you're far less likely to reference a novel character. Yeah, that's true. I've, um, 
Yeah, because uh, like the first, uh, the very first episode, they they referenced aftermath, but they kind of they kind of tweaked it a little bit, and it, it could be um, when I say it, they they tweaked the uh, the uh, backstory of um, Cobb Vanth a little bit, um, but uh, you know it's it could you know. You know, as Star Wars fans, when they kind of do something that sort of contradicts each other, you know, like, we're all very good at just kind of making up excuses as why um, why it's slightly different, you know, different. Yeah, so, I gave you a couple. The, yeah. the day of the episode, I was like, oh, maybe this is it. Maybe this is it, right? Because mm-hmm. I, I play the rationalization game. But, like, if you read the books, for example, if you're just talking about the canon of the novels multiple authors and multiple series will reference someone like Vidian. Like Count Vidian. Right, yeah. And he, like, the idea that a character like that would be brought up in a TV show, never gonna happen. But four authors can reference that character in four different Star Wars series, and it's never gonna make the jump to the television. Now, taking a cartoon character and making them live action is something easier probably because more people saw the cartoon but i would think more people have seen mandalorian than saw clone wars yeah yeah i agree yeah it, it would be nice if they did have some um something from you know book i mean i guess we got Cobb van that's and uh, maybe that's as good as we're gonna get but um i mean i guess there's always batu <laughs> 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 Yeah, what's what's the name of the character that hangs out on Batu? Um, Bai, Bai Marathi. Yeah, yeah, that's her name. Uh, yeah, maybe she'll show up because maybe we'll see her buying some Mickey Mouse lollipops or something. <laughs> Great, can't wait. All right, so we might as well just give it a rating, right? So we, we usually pick a character. And the less important the character is for the overall plot of Star Wars, the corresponds to us liking the episode less. Um, so I'll go first, and I'll pick the Weequay bartender from uh, the Mandalorian episode, The Marshal, because uh, this could have been anything, and it was nothing. Right. Yeah, I'm, I'm choosing uh, the hockey-haired... Uh x-wing pilot from a new hope where you just blink and you miss it or it's just not that important and i'm sure he probably dies in it to where you know like i didn't even know about it him until i was just you know um you know watching it and you know just kind of pausing it and looking at everybody who's in it and noticed it so it's really not that important i could have gone my whole life and not known about it and would have been just as happy Maybe even happier, yes. knowing knowing that with the ignorance about the hairstyles of X-wing pilots, <laughs> or some sad, sad Canadian. Oh yeah, <laughs> who gets blown up in the trench run. Mm-hmm. All right, I think that's probably it for us. Um, maybe if we get some free time, I'll toss up those the reviews of the Ewok cartoons we did a year ago yeah um and just start putting those out on the feed but yeah it, it should be said that like everybody our 
you know, our lives have kind of turned upside down and there's just a lot of stuff going on, you know, with our jobs and our lives. So this is something we, we like doing, but we just, it's, it's hard for us to uh, get the time to do it. Yeah. And once we, we've had some technical problems, but I think probably just powering forward is the way to go and trying to find the time and release them when we can. And, and I know people download these and as infrequently as we do them, um, I'll toss this one up shortly. I'll edit out all of the bad audio and try <laughs> to make something listenable, but, uh, we'll get it up soon. All right, cool. Yeah. And, um, Let's make Chewbacca's racist uh, canon follower fa- <laughs> father-in-law a, uh, or is it QAnon? I don't know. He can join the ranks of Wicket's uh, swinging, uh, was it, was it Ephraim, Ephraim Wicket? <laughs> You're referencing a joke that no one's heard because we haven't released <laughs> that recording. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well then, cut that part no, out. It's, it's Wicket's, no, it's Wick, Wicket's grandfather in the cartoon, which... We'll re- we'll release it someday. Yeah. Um, he invented a he invented a weapon and got a lot of Ewok tail. <laughs> <laughs> it's Ephraim or something, right? Yeah. <laughs> cool. No, right. I I think we should cancel we should cancel um, Chewbacca's father in law. Right. Let's get cancel culture all up on that. <laughs> That's about it for us. Thanks for downloading. I'm Jamie. And with me always is Matt, and until next time, the Force will be with you, always. Thank you for downloading and listening to this episode. We would also like to thank Jordan White for the use of his cover of Yub Nub as our intro and outro music. Please refer to the show notes for photos, clips, and links from this episode. Side effects from listening to Yubcast may include dizziness, dry mouth, a sense of confusion, and decreased sex drive. Serious side effects may include speaking in Ewok, speculating the origins of prequel characters, and wondering why two grown men discuss children's cartoons on the internet. For a complete list of side effects or to complain about the show, please visit us on Twitter at Yubcast or drop us an email at noochbaderproductions at gmail.com. Thanks again. We will see you again next week with a new episode. Yubcast is not affiliated with Lucasfilm or the Walt Disney Company. Star Wars, its characters, and creations are the property of Lucasfilm and its parent company, the Walt Disney Company. Yubcast is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only.